Hello, you're now experiencing technical difficulties. I'm Aaron, and I am joined by Jen, Daniel, George, Greg, and Patrick. Hello, Internet. Do we have to go in order? That's going to have to keep track of. I'm Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patrick. <laughs> hey, we're, uh, we're playing Channel A. The, as of this recording, kickstarting now, a fun time party game about making up wacky animes. Uh, and I thought, it, one, we want that Kickstarter to succeed, so we're going to let you all get a, a peek at uh, how to play the game and the, you know, we're shilling. <laughs> Folks, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mince words, but it's a fun shill. I think shilling exactly. implies we're getting paid for it. We're not, though. We are, just we are absolutely not, full disclosure. <laughs> it's, it's volunteer shilling. Yeah. Well, at least if you motherfuckers are getting paid, where's my cut? Vill- villing? We're helping to shilling. promote something that many of us have come to, to love and enjoy playing the, this right. game. Mm-hmm. I, I meant it when I tweeted it at you and uh, the creator of the game a little while back. Uh, this is one of the first things we played when we first kind of finally all met at Gen Con. Well, yes. most of us. So uh, That is true. George and I own one of the uh, other copies of it from when it first came out, and that comes with us every year. I have yep. been looking two years to find a copy of Channel <laughs> Yeah, It never on. goes on eBay. So yeah. I'm really hoping we can get this Kickstarter. I mean, yeah. So, like, for people, for, for the hypothetical listener who has no idea what this is, what's Channel A? Beyond, beyond its anime, what, what, how does it work? Uh, it's a party game. Where one person takes the role of the producer uh, and chooses premise cards uh, that other players need to create a show around. Uh, so, for instance, if I just hit refresh here, uh, I had, the producer needs a show about the Cthulhu Missos in agriculture. And then players will take several title oh. cards, combining them together to uh, create their anime show. So they create a title and then they have to give a short pitch on what their show is about. And the best show wins? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's how that works. <laughs> best in quotations. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like the, t- the sidebar tips in this, uh, this edition, which uh, helps out uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Kind of funny there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a lot of anime is about high school girls fighting something. If you're stumped <laughs> on your pitch, <laughs> this makes a good fall blind. I mean, it does. It does. Yep. And uh, if you search Kickstarter for Channel A Alpha Genesis Edition, you can find it and consider backing it. When's it running, Joe? It is running through September 20th. I have been actively watching the Kickstarter link. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Uh, so who shall start as our first producer? Uh, I have Jen. If I'm going left or right, uh, Jen would be first. Yeah, Jen's left and mine as well. I, th- I think it's alphabetical order, so for me it goes Jen, Dan, as Bella for some reason, so it goes Jen, Daniel, George, Greg, Kame House, and then me. Bella is the name. is Aaron. <laughs> so we'll start with Jen. All right, so I am producer, so on here, so I'm just going to... I don't get to pick premise cards in this on the Kickstarter yeah. p- on this thing right now, right? Yeah, right. I'm just going to refresh a couple times at, while, I'm not, <laughs> while I'm not looking, and then whatever I get is what I get. Sure. Yeah, that's part of the thing. Normally, you um, 
you just draw premise cards and you have a hand of title cards with how the online generator works. We're probably just going to be refreshing. There's probably yeah. going to be some duplicates and that's all right. All right. So I just hit refresh like three or four times and let it stop. And when it stopped, I have gun action cat girls. <clears throat> so uh, I am asking you guys to build me a premise. I want cute, adorable girls meowing all over the scene while simultaneously blowing things up and shooting things to death. So gun hyphen action? Nope, gun action. There's two words. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and cat girls. Gun. Oh, anime. Yeah, I put in the group chats just so we can have a visual reference. We, <laughs> if you were playing around the table, there would be cards on a table, but this is an online thing, so shared spaces are handy. Gun action cat girls. Okay, I think I've got an idea. Let's give everybody a minute to look at their cards. We're mm. trying, we'll try to keep our descriptions on the shorter side mm. for stories, because yes, otherwise yes. It'll, with this many of us, it'll take too long. Also, normally, how you decide is you go one, two, three, and then point at the person you like most. Since this is an online game, we're going to do one, two, three, and then just type the name of the person we like most in chat. I mean, if we're going by person we like the most, I'm always going to write George. <laughs> Marriage OP, please enough. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to rock. Sure. Yep, I have one. Uh, again, I've, I've, I've typed mine up just so, if again, for the producer, if they want to look over the titles again. Uh, if we maybe all post in the, in the text chat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Absolutely. So, like, on a maybe on a three, two, one, or, or do you want to go into? Well, I think when you do your turn, you why don't you type up your titles mm -hmm. and have it ready? So, like, when we normally slam the cards down, you just hit enter, and then your title pops up in the chat. How's that? Yep. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. All right. <clears throat> so, Greg, you said you're ready. Yeah, sure. Is everyone else pretty much ready? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I am not, but you guys go ahead. I'll throw my title in uh, as in a moment. All right. All right. Well, Greg, you get started then. Okay. So we have gun action cat girls. So obviously this is going to be a very, um, very kind of popular, very, you know, probably selling toys, selling uh, the merch. So we really need a good solid character to build a foundation of an excellent anime on. And for that, I present to you, Excellent milky pocket, Alice. <laughs> nice. So Excellent. say that one more time. Excellent milky pocket, Alice. It's the milky that gets me. <laughs> so Alice is one of many of a collectible uh, chain of cat girl figurines. And what happens is every now and then they come to life at night when the kids are asleep and they go on adventures just like on the tv show that they're from so it's got meta aspects it's got toy collecting aspects it's got some very cruel uh loot box and gambling aspects if you think about <laughs> it. but that is what we're doing because we want to sell anime and we want to sell toys and that is why you should produce excellent milky pocket alice okay okay is like is the milky part like at the end of every episode she gets like a glass of milk or something? Well, of course. Oh, milk the because yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a running gag of she always wants that milk, but she can't. It'll Maybe spill. instead of like um, a, a coffee shop they all hang out, it's like a, a milk bar. Well, also it's a sentient toy, so she, 
don't have the digestive system to drink. <laughs> the cruelest fate. Absolutely. They have play sets. Of course. I have a crazy island growing up. Oh, of course. All right. Almost as far as they, I can see. Who would like to go next? Uh, I'll go next. So we were talking about like the toyetic quality. Uh, and I think the, the important thing on like when you, you're merchandising is you want to go small, you want to go collectible. You also want uh, the, the kids these days are really into ARGs. So uh, my, my idea is that this is something that's so small that everyone can have it with them. So my idea is Pocket Bunny Academia. <laughs> nice. So it's like the borrowers. There's, there's this other world that happens on the micro scale. These cute animals. Um, our protagonist is actually um, a... a, a bunny girl rather than the cat girl, but she is in cat girl high and she needs the gun action to defend herself against predators because, you know, we can work in the, the Zootopia thing, the fur is going to love her. <laughs> and uh, so the idea is that she has to, you know, uh, we're going to work in something along the lines of like she's working through the different cliques. There's probably a mystery on like who stole something from her family, maybe killed a parent, but that might be a little darker than we want to go. And because it's a pocket, it, it is all taking place in this kid's pocket. Like it's dust bunnies kind of thing. Uh, and then we work that into the toy by saying like, everyone's got this stuff. And then in the game that we inevitably bring out of this with like 17 different card sets, uh, it's about like pulling out of the pocket your dust bunnies to fight for you. So that's my pitch for Pocket Bunny Academia. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, next. <laughs> George, uh, are you ready? Uh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you ready, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I can go. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Right, <clears throat> Let me straighten my tie up. All right. <laughs> Look, cat girls, guns. Let's not reinvent the wheel here. You know, let's just steal the plot from Bubblegum Crisis. <laughs> rebranded Steel Bliss. <laughs> 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 Put some cat ears on those bad mamma jammas. It's cat girls in mechas that are also cat shaped. In each episode, they get a way more powerful gun until the end of the season. They're fighting off a space invasion with the power of rock and being idols and also weapons. Is there going to be yeah. the uh, buster rifle that's twice as long as their ship is? Oh, it's... Uh, and the last episode, their rifle gets as long as Japan. It <laughs> <laughs> has a blade attached. Of course. Of course. That's the only place. Okay. All right. Go ahead, George. All right. Uh, so uh, I am going to also throw in another option here. So what could be better than gun action with cat girls? I submit a harem comedy with uh, gun action cat girls. So, Alien Bride Revolution Countdown. <laughs> wherein a number of adorable, uh, adorable alien girls of various uh, animal ears, some of which are cats. Uh, I think our title character is going to, uh, their main character, Best Girl, as the kids call it these days is going to uh, be a cat alien girl. Uh, they are, are going to come to Earth to all compete for the affections of a milquetoast everyman who is inexplicably just they are all enamored with. And where ordinarily we have zany superpowers to decide these over-the-top fighting uh, things between the girls, in this case, just going to be total gun porn. 
Just going to blow up the neighborhood. Can we get Tom Clancy? Uh, no. I think, I think he's a little too serious-minded. I think we're looking more for, like, complete off-the-wall zaniness. Oh, shit, I would watch writing. a Tom Clancy anime, though. How about Tom Clancy Coon, though? Uh, I just got Clancy Coon. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm liking this this idea. I'm seeing, you know, this scene of them all fighting around the house when the boy leaves. Like, he leaves to go run an errand, and now all of a, like they play all nice when he's there. But then all of a sudden, when he gets back, the house is just riddled with bullets. Like, the minute the door closes, it's John Woo-esque. Pistols are out, and <laughs> they are diving behind things in an explosion of gunfire. But can we afford to animate that many doves? You can recycle <laughs> footage real easy. CG, CG doves, we, uh, they look better than they did a few years ago. We, we can we, totally CG the doves. It's a great way to save on frames <laughs> of animation if everything is in bullet time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daniel, save us. <laughs> um, speaking of saving, it's very hard and very difficult to animate things. So I produce, I present you the economic solution with Panic Arena. Uh, Panic Arena <laughs> takes viral videos of cats flailing around uh, as they're getting scared, and we're recycling that into our own animation features using high technology. The plot of this is that there is essentially five teams of cat girls fighting each other, and that's all the plot you need. They're, they're fighting for the, the glory of the Empire and to become okay. the greatest warriors of the Empire. And we, we simply take that plot line and we just use cat animations and translate them into animation because they transform, right? So and, essentially, and essentially, that's that's the whole thing. And we can certainly tie it in with toys and with, uh, <laughs> with apps and, you know, the whole thing. So are they fighting the vile cucumberoids? They are, they are fighting. They're fighting each other, and they're fighting laser pointers. <laughs> oh dear, dear me! Because uh, there's nothing funnier than a cat sneaking up on another cat and scaring the first cat. That's the tagline. That's what goes on <laughs> the poster? So I would say just everybody repeat the title uh, of their anime, and then we'll vote. I had excellent milky pocket atlas. Give a one sentence quip. <laughs> uh, collectible toy anime cat girls fighting each other um, I had Pocket Bunny Academia which was a Dust Bunny Pokemon Go ARG <laughs> I had Steel Bliss Bubblegum Crisis but different <laughs> uh, I had Alien Bride Revolution Countdown uh, Harem Comedy with Gun violence. Um, I had Panic Arena, where we take viral images and videos and translate them to anime. Okay. Type in the name of the person you want think had the best premise, and then on three, we'll just hit enter and uh, see who won. So, a one. Name of the person or name of the anime? Name of the person. That's a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it. How dare you? A one. A two, three. <laughs> George. George. George, yeah. George gets it by three. Right. Yeah. George gets the first point with Alien Bride Revolution countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Winston, over time. 
Okay. Okay, so then we refresh our cards. And Daniel, you select a premise. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hey. Oh, man. Modifies. I don't have very good. Uh, right. I love this title. I don't know. Okay. We need something new for next season. We need something good. We need something grand. We need something spectacular. So I want. The premise is alien invasion and magicians. Ooh. Alien invasion Asian. magicians. Yes. Okay. Now I want big. I want bombastic. There's no donor limit to your budget here. Well, there is. Keep it on the budget. Please. <laughs> so it's. I'm sorry, one more time. Aliens and. Alien invasion and magicians. Okay. I, I have a perfect title for this. I am I am prepared. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go ham. <laughs> Alright. Uh someone start. If they're ready. Cool. Okay, so um it's a it's an alien invasion. Earth gets Completely curb stomped, right? They're just so so technologically superior to us that like we we, we have uh, we're gonna have to spend a lot of budget on like the first episode to establish that. We might get around that by like having the action actually take place like a hundred years after the invasion. Uh, living under the boot heel, there's uh, an unfortunate undercurrent of like Japanese nationalism in these things because. Uh, but the the central conceit of it is all the heroic uh, resistance wizards have been killed uh and so it all falls to uh what's left who are the ultimate evil valkyrie symphony (laughs) Uh, it's kind of a suicide squad thing it is it is all the villains ranging from like the high school bully up to like the cosmic big bad who's kind of pissed he didn't get a chance to destroy the world before the aliens did uh, like half of them are sexy femme fatales because yeah, uh, and they have to unify to uh, bomb the alien mothership and upload a virus through an Apple Mac for some reason. <laughs> nice. Uh, and that's why uh, we'll we'll work in some songs. We'll, we'll it'll be a symphony because they're working together, but also because like we can pair it with like a J-pop idol to uh, get some funding and uh, some cross marketing in there. So that's Ultimate Evil Valkyrie Symphony. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Nice. Right. Who's next? Um, I'm ready. Go sure. for it. All right. So we have your alien invasion, you know, animes that you've seen a million times. You've seen all your crazy magical fantasy world animations. So I think we should combine the best of both worlds, and we're going to go with Magic Sky Masters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Magic Sky Masters are magic from space. They, uh, they have all these, they're all different, they're all weird looking, they're all different types of aliens that are all these super powerful magicians, and for some reason, they all want to come to Earth. Nobody knows why. They come here, they they try to take over, and it's kind of this, like, monster of the week. It's a different magic sky master that has to be fought every week, and they set up a whole set of humans, and it's, it's the life of struggle of, you know, the Japanese special forces units constantly fighting off these weird magic sky masters. So you get that cool, creative, uh, collectible, different sky master every, every week, and you get to see, you know, the struggle of humanity wanting to survive against these guys. I like it. 
Who's next? Yes. Uh, I can go. Go ahead. All right. Look, I know you have the rights to the Magicka series. So let's just sequel that up. Magicka colon Cosmic Boyfriend. So we take the fa- we take the fantasy world of Magicka. We 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 hit it with an alien invasion. This time the aliens are humans. They're us, and we're invading. Oh. But it's a tale of star-crossed lovers. As the uh, we'll say a lieutenant human man boy falls in love with a lady <laughs> elf. <laughs> but it's a comedy. Oh no. Oh, that's hijinks. That's you know. dangerous. That's dangerous. So that is dangerous. They're going for the, the side twist. Step. They, they twist think it's going to be ultra dark, but it actually is going to be a light comedy. At the end of twenty-four episodes, they finally hold hands. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, that you might be a little too much. Well, we'll, 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 we'll censor it. It's fine. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Okay. I think you're all thinking too hard. We need to get this anime made. We need to get this anime sold. We need to get it in people's hands. So what is the big thing right now? Mascots. And what's the big thing about mascots? They need to be super kawaii and super deformed. Say that word again. Kawaii. Better. You know, cute. <laughs> so in order to do that, we're going to have cute aliens. We're going to have cute heroes. And that cute hero is super bizarre queen Twinkletan. <laughs> Wow! Wow! So going for the LGBTQ market. I, I mean, that's a that's a good bonus. That's a good bonus. Uh, Is this Twinkle Pole anime? <laughs> no, no. Uh, Twinkle Tan is just you know a cute high school girl who suddenly gets involved in this magical, insane world of uh, this alien invasion, seeking to destroy and take over the whole Earth. But they're cute aliens, you know. They're ones you want to buy the toys for and uh, want to make fan art of. So Twinkle Tan uh, gets her magic powers and goes about fighting the aliens, learning about friendship and love and awesome CGI special effect uh, magic sequences. Like, uh, who's left? Nice. Uh, just me. All right. All right. So mine is Psycho Borg Princess. So in <laughs> what a, in a fantasy world. It, we begin in a alternate history Earth, wherein there uh, there are there is magic and there are wizards, and we never got out of the uh, age of royalty. Uh, and things are moving along when suddenly alien invasion. All of the uh, all of the wizards and the magocracy, magocracy, whatever wizards are in charge. Uh, all of that fails to defeat the alien menace. That shows up. So when a kingdom is destroyed, a pioneering, uh, a pioneering member of the emerging middle class of merchants decides to do the unthinkable and to tries to understand and reverse engineer the bizarre alien technology. And the only person he's got left is the only surviving member of the royal family that it was destroyed in this alien invasion. Uh, tries it out on her. Did not realize the level of psychological trauma that would be involved. So she is now ultra powerful and unhinged and extremely violent. She is the psycho cyborg princess. Okay. Hmm. okay. So I'll repeat, repeat the premise and a one sentence descriptor. Uh, okay. I had ultimate evil Valkyrie symphony. It was suicide squad with bigger eyes 
all the heroes were executed by the alien invaders, so it's up to the villains to save the day. I had Magic Sky Masters, uh, Monster, or Magic Magician of the Week instead of Monster of the Week, uh, defeated by the Japanese Special Forces Unit. I had Magica Colon, Cosmic Boyfriend. It's a Romeo and Juliet story, but with aliens. I had Super Bizarre Queen Twinkletan, who is a uh, super SD, uh, super cute uh, teenager magician fighting the cute alien forces. And I had uh, Psycho Cyborg Princess, uh, Aliens Invade D&D Earth, and... Uh, <laughs> a crazy uh, princess becomes a cyborg to fight them. Alrighty. So, type in your name. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. three, two, one. I win! Patrick! It's me! This is probably the best reception that Suicide Squad ever got. (laughs) (laughs) Take, Take that, Suicide Squad. (laughs) <laughs> the best thing about you was the trailer. Hey, I, I kind of uh, liked it. George. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong sometimes. My job is producer. Okay. Hi. Alrighty. So, we've got. Uh, so, we're going to go a little small on this one, a little smaller scale so far. Uh, a lot of what we've been doing has been really bombastic, uh, action-oriented stuff. So we're going to quiet this down a little bit, and we're going to see if we can go for a uh, sort of more slice-of-life type series, though slice-of-life is not one of the premise. Uh, the premise is here is... Let me get here. I have to double-check my spelling on that because it's a word that I don't write terribly often. <laughs> but, all right, so here we go. So our premise is Restaurant Gods. Ooh. Okay. Oh, this could be interesting. Mm. Can we refresh our hand? Yes. Uh, you must refresh your hand. Yeah. Man, I got drive. I don't have diners or a dive, so. Now, the best thing about this is that... Uh, Pretty much every stock character we could use is public domain. So, yeah. guy's the limit. All right. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I need to. I need to check the spelling on this. I got the perfect hand for this. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> that's that's always nice when you just. Get a bunch of great words in there that you can mash together into a cool title. All right, I think I've got mine too. Yes. I'm ready whenever you guys are. Uh, so <laughs> restaurant, restaurant yep. and gods. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, You have as much latitude as you need to interpret that. Uh, I have a reference, though, I need to include. So. Uh, Jen, you said you're ready? Yes, I want to use a word sort of incorrectly, though. Oh, this I is mean, just for fun. They, they can't tell, words can't tell us what to do. You sure I spelled it right? <laughs> I, I mean, pretty much all words oh, are made up right. anyway. 
Ayo. Except for onomatopoeias. Those aren't made up. All right. All right. I'm ready. They kind of are. They vary from culture to culture. Um, if you guys want, I'll start with it. Go ahead. All right. So, all right. In a in this weird fantastical world, you've you've got all these different types of gods that you know American god style. There's gods of small things, gods of gods of large things. So now you have your restaurant gods. In this story, Last Sugar Bazaar instead of. Bizarre, as in, you know, going to the bazaar. It is a bizarre for the gods to go to and try all these different kinds of foods um, that all these particular small gods created ages ago, and people have forgotten who they were and why they were worshipped. But they have this whole big bazaar setup they do every year just for these people, or the gods, really, to come and create all these wonderful, amazing foods. And anyone who eats these foods, this is the idealistic version of that food. So now you will never taste anything that tastes as good again. So it's like a double-sided sword, you know, double-edged sword in that you go and you want to try these wonderful, amazing things, then you'll know you'll never have anything as good again. Really weird, kind of trippy. It's not a very long series, and it's just meant to be this really cool aesthetic show. Mm, very artsy. We have to go into crazy visual effects. Imagine there's not a suicide booth outside the restaurant because you've just had the best burger in your life. You're just like, ah, I guess I can die now. (laughs) Okay. That's not fair because I would actually watch this. I mean, there could (laughs) literally be an episode where someone who just, that's what they wanted to do. You know, they wanted the best something that ever they could taste. And, you know, that's one of the sad episodes where they don't survive that episode because that's it. That's all they wanted to live for. That could be like a, you know, a realistic moment for the show. Guys, for real, can we just quit this game and like start an animation <laughs> studio? I mean, that's how Channel works. There we go. So that's how Channel A do. <laughs> uh, I can go next. Sure. Okay, so in the city of Ambrosia, <laughs> oh, <there it> is. <laughs> the gods of, of pantheons uh, from from all over the world are uh, reincarnated. So you've got the Greeks, you've got the Japanese gods, you've got the Roman pantheon who really hate the Greeks because everyone just says they're the same. Uh, and into this city of Ambrosia is born uh, Sun Wukong. Uh, so he's but he's he's this is very early in his life. He, it's very early, so I'm calling it Baby Monkey Tales. <laughs> uh, he has. He is part of the Chinese pantheon. Uh, his his family runs, you know, the Chinese restaurant, uh, and so it's, it's this it's this competing, feuding, warring food contest thing. You know, obligatory tournament arc of the competing, you know, restaurants around there. So the, the Greek gods are doing um, meze platters, and the Chinese gods have these, uh, uh, you know, big, big great dim sum, and the Japanese gods do sushi and blah 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 blah. Uh, and it's all from the perspective of this very, very toyetic baby monkey with his little extendable staff. Uh, we might not get away with the Dragon Ball comparisons there, but it's based off of Journey to the West. So it's baby monkey tales. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm ready to rock. Are you ready to roll? Yes, always. Um, <laughs> now, if I were smart, I would just wholesale rip-off uh, Orc Alchem Chef, which I'll hopefully be doing protective soon, but I'm not doing that. I'm doing the smart thing. Uh, and instead, I'm ripping off Stephen King. Hey, hey, there we go. <laughs> Can you actually come up with an ending, though? Yes. Um, oh, man. So there's that short story, you know, they got a hell of a band where a f- 
a couple wanders into a town mm. that's populated nothing with rock stars and uh they put on the show of your life and it turns out it's for the rest of your life um no better this way uh what happens is a young man is wandering the streets of tokyo and he wanders he's hungry he wanders into a random sh- food shop and he finds that it is populated with the gods themselves making the best food you'll ever taste so it kind of also becomes a little bit of a slice of life as his life has been changed eating such wondrous foods he keeps going there and he starts to fall for the head chef which is appropriate because it is the goddess of love herself sky angel legend venus I think the last we have left is Aaron. Okay. Uh, y'all are talking about good, good food. Well, let's go to the other side of the spectrum. Let's talk about bad food and how we can... We've only mentioned Garfieri. <laughs> <laughs> so I present to you Everyday Life Revolution. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Egyptian king Ramses, as resurrected as a god, goes to various restaurants and eateries uh, that are failing. <laughs> And uh, tries to resuscitate them and using his. Oh, just doing Guy Fieri. I mean, Guy Fieri is reincarnated. I mean, look, his first name might be Gordon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he goes around and helps different restaurants, and each restaurant's like he also solves their family issues uh, that they're having within the restaurant. And like episode three or four, he picks up you know a spunky teenage sidekick. Of course. Everyday life revolution. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Daniel, lucky right. last. So, um, we want down to earth, and we want like a story that everyone can relate to. So, I present to you Melancholy Demon Sakura. If they fucking play. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> technical differences. All right. Uh, this is a story about a mighty Oni warrior being reincarnated as a 18 year old schoolgirl. Uh, who has to tend to this failing restaurant in penance for her min- misdeeds in the war against other Oni. And it is essentially a story about a supernatural creature uh, finding solace in cooking and eventually accepting, accepting who she is uh, and having hijinks along the way. Okay. But she's really sad about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's go over our titles again. So Jen, what did you have? I had Last Sugar Bazaar, where you can go to the bazaar and have one of everything of the best type in the, the entire galaxy universe. Cosmos. Cosmos. Whatever other big word I can throw in there. Uh, I had Baby Monkey Tales, in which a uh, reincarnated and very cute Sun Wukong uh, has to uh, make really good Chinese food. Uh, Sky Angel Legend Venus, a young man finds a mysterious restaurant in Tokyo that turns out to be staffed by the gods and makes the best possible food. And as he continues to go there because they've got the best possible food, he falls in love with the head chef who is Venus. Everyday Life Revolution, reincarnated Egyptian pharaoh, judges you for your food. Uh, melancholy demon Sakura, supernatural creature, finds redemption through cooking food. Okay, type in those names. And three, two, 
one. George wrote the wrong thing. I did again. I'm sorry. Uh, that's Jen, yeah? Jen got yeah. two. Yep. Yep. It was pretty well split. Mm -hmm. We had some good yeah. ideas there. Okay, so, okay, I'm, so we reset. I'm next producer. Just next producer. That's correct. Okay. Am I misremembering the rules? And it's, I thought it was the producer picked the winner and then we voted in the event of a, a loss? No, but. Uh, another tie? Uh, producer, I believe, gets two votes. Only when oh, necessary. Only when necessary. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I'm mixing it with other apples to apples things, which have a very similar yeah. uh, mm. dynamic yep. to this. So what's our genres? Uh, no, I, I do need to choose the low one. I don't know how you can make psychological horror and heartwarming work. Uh, okay, that's all. Yeah. Misery from the perspective of Kathy Banks. Is that a challenge? No. We're doing <laughs> uh, you read that enemy. I mean, <laughs> uh, I need a good one. Yeah, so it's misery from the perspective of Kathy Bates' character. Like, she just had a really good week. <laughs> her, her ideal man fell into okay. her lap. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, look, it's been long enough since Twilight. I can produce an original vampire thing and we're going to succeed because it's away from the glut. But we need something different. We need something to set ourselves as unique. So I want us to make an anime about business vampires. <laughs> business vampires. Good luck. I think Charles Strauss will challenge that one. <laughs> Hey, he didn't actually come. Oh no, no. Well, no. Um, Reese's, Reese's account isn't about business. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. oh, good card for this. Um, All right. Um. Hmm. Uh. Da, 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 da. There we go. All right. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Hope I pronounce this right. Uh, and okay, I think I have something. I all right. Okay, who wants to? Who wants to go first? I'm still thinking. You're still um, thinking. Yeah. This is gonna be bad. Um, I can go. A challenge. Okay, Aaron. All right. I uh, hope I pronounce this right. All right. <laughs> May I present to you Zero Agent Kaichi. Ooh. Uh, he he is infiltrating a large corporation that is overrun by vampires, and he must uh, get in good with them uh, without being turned into a vampire himself. Uh, but he is—he is the last and only hope. He—he's on his own. He's the zero agent, Kaiichi. So it—it's it, yeah. got—it's got a lot of corporate espionage to it. It's yeah. got a lot of uh, danger. He—he's trying. His main goal is to get them to fail as a business. Second goal, <laughs> maybe stop vampires. Oh, okay. So he, so he's basically—he's going in to just wreck the business. He's not actually at to stake anybody. No, no, no. <laughs> But he adapt he actually adapts pretty well to the vampire lifestyle. 
Something, something capitalism? Yeah. Something? Yeah. Well, then there's the, I mean, at the end of the first season, there's the big, will he or won't he turn vamp? Mm. Okay. So, uh, I'm going for a slightly uh, genre mashup with this. It's kind of melancholy in tone. It's all going to be told in kind of a, a flashback. The protagonist is is older and, and recalling his days, uh, the prime of his youth. And this is over quite a long period. Uh, he, you know, he was an accountant, just an office drone working in, um, in Tokyo, and he gets bitten by a vampire while well, well, in the club, struggles with you know, finding food and, you know, he's an accountant, so he's very much aware of like, every time I bite someone, that's X amount of yen that I'm, I'm drinking, essentially. Like if I'm killing someone, that's X of medical bills or lost earnings. Then a kaiju attacks the city. <laughs> and he realizes, oh, hang on, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> I can make this kaiju safely if I can just get it to not attack the city. If the, if I can get the army to not destroy it. So over the course of the anime, he he reaches out to the kaiju. He he befriends it. He teaches it about business and how with its atom breath it can if if it can like uh, breathe it into a power plant, uh, it'll be it'll it won't be destructive and it gets to be rewarded by the little human. So my proposal is this. Uh, this ancient vampire looking back over, you know, his memories of his friend, the kaiju, because it is in fact called kaiju friend memories. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>. what? Nicely <laughs> done, Patrick. <laughs> Look, I didn't do with the cards I had. Okay. <laughs> Nicely yeah. done. <laughs> uh, I think I have one. All right. All right. Um, so this is. Um, this is partly based on actual historical documents and uh, some loose interpretations. Yes. So in this in this show, the vampirism is purely metaphorical because this game, uh, sorry, this uh, well, we can sort of tie this into a game. But this anime ties uh, takes place after World War One, uh, after a uh, kingdom is overthrown in in the. Eastern European sorts. Um, the the nobles are either killed or or thrown out, and the main protagonist of this show is the exiled princess. And the exiled princess ah. is the youngest daughter of the ruling uh, monarch of this country, who travels to London and uh, embraces uh, the fact that she's now a common person and embraces capitalism. So she becomes a wealthy stockbroker and uh, essentially marries up to get more money. And uh, because she's so enamored with the idea that money will rule the world rather than what your title is. So, okay. exile princess. Hmm. Okay. Who's left? Uh, uh, George hasn't gone and I haven't gone. Yeah. Are you okay. ready, George? Uh, yeah, I could do something. You wanna? You wanna I go can first? wait. I'll wait. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh, basically, waiting in the. Uh, basically, vampires have uh, existed among us forever. Uh, and they have noted. 
and they have largely stuck to the shadows, except uh, in this, in these new, uh, in the modern day, following a crushing series of economic crises, which causes all but the complete destruction of uh, the utter breakdown of society. Uh, who comes out of the shadows to uh, help but the vampires in this scenario, where they have figured out that the best way to actually uh, get the blood they need for sustenance and also to maintain their, uh, since the fall of nobility, really, to maintain the status that they need to feed on people with impunity. They have, uh, they have opted to instead just uh, basically have, uh, start companies wherein they uh, employ people. And part of the employment plan is just some mandatory blood donations. It's not really that big a deal, honestly. It's about as intrusive as... Uh, as giving blood, but it all sort of sort of uh, goes to be the un- it all sort of uh, goes to underscore the fact that uh, you're, you're working for vampires that are literally draining the lifeblood out of you. Oh shit! Uh, but you're okay with it. Much about blood type. <laughs> they might actually. <laughs> but you're kind of okay with it because yeah. But the people are okay with it for the most part because uh, because. Uh, it's better than the alternative that they had come up with. Uh, let's see here. And the title, which I had neglected to type in at this point. Uh, Neo Hellring. As, <laughs> as we realize at this point that we have entered a new ring of hell. So it's what if Agretsuko was darker? <laughs> uh, Agretsuko. Mm. <laughs> okay, I think that leads I mean, you watch that. Yep. All right. So in my story here, it is modern day. It is alternate timeline. Vampires have always existed, except through the miracles of of science, we have come up with a solution and a vaccine against the sun. So the vampires have been incorporated into everyday society. They have their own businesses. They lead their own lives. They mostly operate through blood banks and things like that. So it's not so much a problem of monsters anymore. Um, But there is different, you know, there's different businesses that are run. There is this one particular business focused on, and it is a small group of lawyers. And our main character in this story is actually not even a vampire. He's a human who works in a vampire-only lawyer's company. So basically, he is the the main guy. He goes in and he basically helps out any vampire that's been accused of things, and he just tears people apart with words. And he's he's very good at his job, and he just scares the living hell out of all the vampires. And so they call him a certain monster. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. A certain monster. That might be a little too real for me, but definitely <laughs> good press. So let's hear them premises one more time. Uh, I was a zero agent Kaichi, a human infiltrating uh, a company run by vampires for corporate espionage. Uh, I was uh, a an accountant vampire. Uh, remembering the unlikely friendship he had with a giant monster in Kaiju Frank Memories. Uh, Princess endures uh, 
communist overthrow of her society and becomes a capitalist. Uh, vampires uh, take advantage of an economic crisis to privatize their preying on humans for blood. In Neo uh, Hellring. In Neo Hellring. The human among the vampires, whom the vampires call the monster, in a certain monster. <laughs> okay, type your names. And then three, two, one. Patrick. Patrick. So yep. hey, so I'm up to that was close though. Yours was good. Yeah. Again, that that's the problem with Channel A is that some of these are at, some of the weird stuff you come up with is actually stuff you want to see on television. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, is it my turn to produce? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> All right. Oh, how long do we want to go, by the way? Like, because we're like, I'm up to two. Are we going like first of five? We're five gonna just more? do two full rounds around. Yep. Okay. Two rounds. You get to be producer twice. Sure. Nope, not doing that one. <laughs> they can't all be business vampires. All right. I disagree. <laughs> I mean, look, if you can fit it in there. <laughs> all right. Look, we the restaurant thing it hit big. We got we're going to Hey, this is Joe Anime, by the way. <laughs> producer here. <laughs> Joe Anime I, producer. Um Sorry. Joseph anime. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Never earned the right to call me Joe. Look, Sorry. restaurants big, uh, but we got to put a sci-fi slant on it. We need that Shonen market to uh, get up on it. So I suggest cyborgs and restaurants. <laughs> oh my god! Give me those William Gibson inspired eateries. Jesus Christ. Cyborgs and restaurants. Okay. I think think I've got something. All right. Oh, this is dumb. (laughs) I'm listening. This is probably the dumber one, I mean. Okay. If if you're ready. (laughs) I I need to figure this one out. (laughs) Like, I'm lacking in presentation here. Uh, Yeah, that's the tricky one, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I mean, no, yeah, yeah. Uh. All right. I think I might actually have something. All right. <laughs> Go for it. All right. So we have these futuristic restaurants that are in a world filled with a, a mix of humans, you know, world and cyborg parts have become so normalized. We've got also AI walking around. So it's a really weird kind of mix of what's human and what's not anymore. And you have this restaurant that's run by all these different types of cyborgs. And you've got your cute little maid girl cyborgs. And you've got your bartender cyborgs. And then we have this, we're going to focus on story on just this one character. And he's this very young little boy looking character who just busts the tables and clean them up. And he is Epic Robo Boy. Ooh. <laughs> um, it is a cute kind of slice of life story. Um, just about him and how he's basically 
working at this restaurant way too young to try and save up money to pay back for the cyborg parts that were given oh, to no. him so he could survive. So ah. it's going to be this kind of sad twist where it's going to give you the background story of how he ended up as a cyborg. And it's that's going to be toward like the middle of the show and it'll build up to him just being genuinely happy and enjoying what he's doing because he gets to live every day. Oh, dear. Well, that brought a tear to this old producer's eyes. <laughs> Uh, who's who's next? I can go. Go for it. Uh, all right. Uh, in in the dark dystopian future, everything is for sale, even your memories. So I give you future creamy memories. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Uh, We've been waiting for creamy to show up. In yeah. in this dark future, there is the master baker. He is oh. excellent. <laughs> He, he makes the best cakes ever, but he eats them for himself. And the experiences of his cooking is what he sells. So he sells his memories of whatever he makes in his uh, little bakery. He, he sells uh, the dream of the, of the perfect pancake or the, I don't know, uh, the best donut. And that is how the, the story is about... The story is about him losing his memories as he goes along in the story and eventually loses his ability to bake. And it's just a tragedy. Oh, no. We will make millions on this. I like a good twist. All right. Who's next? Uh, I'll, uh, go. Okay. I'll go. I can't follow that up, but I'll go. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we got the rights to Eclipse Face. We're kind of cheap. I mean, post-humans anarchists, what do you want? Um, so, uh, in the near future of 20X99, uh, there is a uh, colony in space where everybody lives, and then it's just a mass group of people. Some are still human, some are cyborg, some are uplifted animals, etc., etc. Um, and you've got to make them so it's this restaurant that has to feed everybody they have to have food they have to have you know um energy supplies they have to have stuff that animals could consume so there is a young woman who is a line cook at this restaurant and she has to make all this weird weird stuff to help everybody sustain and survive and she is also a cyborg and occasionally she has to bounce the place and she does it with the special gun she has, and it is incorporated into the title of the show, A Little Pink Gun Piece. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sounds like a spaghetti western. A little bit. A little bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're agreed on 20XTX. Of course. Uh, transhumanism has taken off in a big way. But uh, after a few, you know, bad incidents, people chopping off their legs and, and putting tanks on there, things, things get kind of stamped down on by the government and they, they have to start regulating stuff. You know, you, you can't just have a back, backdoor surgeon, back alley surgeon chopping stuff off and then sticking a chainsaw on. Uh, so our, our story will involve this team of specialist uh, investigators and detectives, detectives 
really getting into the the nitty gritty of the the body modification, uh, cyborgizing movement. But at the same time, you know, one of the most heavily cyborgized demographics are going to be the police. You know, they need the, the the weapon implants, the armor implants, in order to do their jobs. So there's a lot of that, you know, very cyberpunky philosophical. What does it mean to be a person? Thing. Where do you draw the line? Interrogating ethics, and then uh, the 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 plot in general will revolve more around police corruption and this this faction that has been allowed to uh, to persist. And, and carry out this this illegal black market body modification. Uh, these these doctors uh, that haven't been regulated, and so the two factions, you know, the loyalist group and the the corrupt group, you know, would be fighting in the doctor police wars. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, that was that was a that was a long trip to get there, but we got there. well worth it. Well we worth it. There. Well worth it. I nearly went with Doctor Police Ninja. <laughs> But I don't think I could make that work. <laughs> Doctor Police Ninja. I mean, Doctor McNinja worked. So I didn't, never well, doubt yeah. yourself. Never doubt yourself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to four years of medical school. It'd be called Mister Police Wars. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, All right. So, Ben. Uh, okay, I can go next. You have to. You're the last one. <laughs> oh, am I? Well then. How gracious of me to offer that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so. In a cyberpunk dystopian world, uh, as is often the case with uh, with uh, cybernetic parts and whatnot, the f- one of the first things that people turn to is death sport uh, and arenas and cyborg uh, fighters uh, rising in their ranks so that they can uh, so that they can have brief moments of fame as the toughest guy in the city. Uh, and hopefully make it out of the crushing poverty that is also a part of the cyberpunk dystopia. We see lots of stories about that, but we don't really see terribly many stories about the uh, people who serve food in, uh, for the people watching in the fighting death arena. That's <laughs> uh, in a different direction. And so our story of fighting death arena is in fact a humble... Uh, following one of the humble cyborg uh, workers that works in, in one of the food truck areas, to, uh, in one of the food trucks surrounding the fighting death arena, giving food to people, uh, selling food to people for the events, watching the horribly violent death uh, blood sport, and wishing that he could do that too. Aww. A touching story for a new generation. I'm just imagine right. my little kid by the arena, like a guy's getting chainsawed and blood splashes across the face, like "Daddy, Daddy, I want." There, there has to be a Mean Joe Green reference. There has. I, I, ideally, I think it would be funny to have this series also have him, uh, basically use his, uh, use his cybernetic implants that he uses mostly to prepare and serve food, but repurpose them for combat in the arena. Yes, because that would be hilarious to have so him just many... dump fryolator oil on a cyborg oh. in the midst of a fight. Uh, it starts as wholesome and then it turns into horror. You've uh. <laughs> never seen a contestant spatula, another contender, but here we are. I swear you said a complacent spatula. <laughs> well, you need a spatula with port and starboard detachments. That's a different enemy. All right. Uh, 
uh, let's recap, shan't we? Yes. Okay. Epic Robo Boy, happy little boy, you know, sweet saccharin. Then you get that depressing side story. Then it goes back to sweet saccharin. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> future creamy memories. Oh, God, uh, uh, a baker sells us memories of the perfect cakes. A little pink gun piece in Eclipse Phase anime where a, a cook slash bouncer of a restaurant that serves everybody has to serve everybody and take care of business. Uh, a cybernetic uh, police drama and, and noir using the, the restaurant as a backdrop, uh, Dr. Police Wars. <laughs> uh, uh, young cyborg fry cook dreams of Killing people in an arena for chanting crowds. Fighting death arena. Type in those names. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, wow. I got a lot closer than I thought. Oh, so we are... Nope, Daniel. Uh, I got There's there. A in there. I, I blame it on Creamy. That is a power move. <laughs> I just like the premise of the baker that makes uh, incredible food, eats it in front of you, and then, offers, <laughs> and then offers to sell you the sense memory of how much he enjoyed that food he ate. Well, that's, no, oh. that's, that's, that's the best though, because the food you prepare always tastes better. Oh, no. <laughs> that is... I, that is uh, like a Monty Python bit. I, I just got a trump card I'm going to have to input no matter what right. the premise is. Oh, no. Then, oh, uh, no. Patrick uh, is producer, yes? Yes. Oh, oh no. I am? Okay. So, no. we, we've we had good returns on the, the, the action stuff. You know, the Gunslinger, Cat Girl shows, those those have been really good on the marketing. We, we want to target that a bit more. Uh, into to our core demos, you know, we want something that can be a, a breadwinner. Uh, so we're going to be pandering slightly to a, another demographic. So we are going with gun action gamers. Oh no! Uh oh! Oh sh! Oh dear! We need to pander to the Overwatch crowd. Oh, that's going to be rough. Oofa doofa! Patrick, I have to use my trump card, and now this is getting weird. <laughs> Oh. Okay. Uh. I, I've got. I've got. Uh, I've got it. All right. Yep. Good. I've got my concept. Okay. Okay. Have a normal. I'm sorry, Lord. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do it. Do it. Okay. Uh, give me a second to compose myself. Um. So one thing that. So, gun action gamers. Uh, we obviously want to do something that kind of riffs off of a lot of things that are popular now. So we want like a hero-based shooter, like Overwatch. So we need to have you know a bunch of people uh, who are capable gunfighters who are competing to uh, defeat the good, the good guys defeating the good, the evil guys defeating the evil, the neutral parties. Just you know, they're there. Um, we also want to be progressive. So we have uh, every gender, every 
you know, a good racial split, a good body type split. So it's not, you know, just attractive hotties. But at the same time, we also know what this is and what this is going to be because we know about Overwatch. So let's just be honest with ourselves. <laughs> let's just start it from the get-go to make it as crazy and as uh, as much of a cash cow as it can possibly be. And that's why I give you Alternative Heroes Steel Gun Lingerie. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. So, yes, sir. Their, yes, sir. their original costumes are attractive undergarments for both genders. It's not just cross it's not just cross dressing. Ooh, the male teddy. Yeah, of course. The same you said, like, oh and, and, you know, we need to put progressive policies in there. Like, do you know gamers? <laughs> they really don't like it when you do that. <laughs> so Yeah, okay. Overwatch them. Overwatch them. Okay, who's next? Indeed. Alright. All right, I'll go. Um, so we've got our gun action. We've got our gamers, right? So we're going to do an Isekai-style story where you've got your classic gamer guy. He's, he's there. He's at his desk. He's playing some version of Call of Duty, 1200 and something. Um, he's, you know, really good at the game. And then all of a sudden he goes to bed and he wakes up in the game. And he doesn't know what's going on. He, he's he's trying to sort it all out. So you've got that whole first you know episode of confusion, which is what teaches you how the game works and how so you have an understanding for the rest of the show. That's basically your tutorial episode. And then he learns what he's doing and he starts fighting his way to the top so that he can survive because he doesn't know that if he actually dies in the game, if he's going to survive or not. So he gets this crazy look in his eyes and everyone calls him Fight Eyes. So we're going with Overdrive, Fight Eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just guns everywhere and it's just that classic over-the-top style. All right. Um... So, I think you're thinking way too hard about this, because we already have this solved. We already have this down to a science at this point for making a show like this. That'll sell to everyone. I give you Cowboy Alice. Cowboy Alice is a show in two worlds. One in the MMO, where one is a cowboy. They do cowboy things. They rustle cattle. They shoot people. <laughs> they do whatever people thought that what really happened in the Wild West. Uh, and the hero of this, uh, this show is Alice. And everyone thinks that Alice is a guy. But Alice is in reality a girl. And they treat her as if she was a man. Because no man can be great at video games. And at the end, it is revealed that Alice is the master cowboy. And... She wins fame and glory for all time. It's classic. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is going to be to animate both in the anime and in the game to animate thousands of cows in real? <laughs> we'll, we'll fix That's it in post. Clowns are for. We'll fix it in post. It's just horrible. You don't animate the yeah. bottom half. You just have a dust cloud yes. down there. They will go up. Still a lot of right. <laughs> Okay. Um... Okay, I could go. Okay. All right. So, 
Uh, mine is also wandering in something of an isekai direction because it's, this sort of thing uh, works pretty well for it. So in our, in mine, uh, our main character is a girl who is really good at first-person shooters. Uh, she is in the set in the not too distant future. She is nationally ranked in uh, the current space gun battle six thousand. Uh, everyone's looking forward to the sequel next year. Uh, she is on her way to a tournament that she has already uh, that is sponsored by. Uh, it's actually uh, sponsored. She is super excited to be a pro gamer, uh, and she has. Find the uh, waiver and all of that. And on her way there, she is hit by a truck. And then with, really a, with a zrimp, with a sort of like RoboCop-esque screen boot-up sound, she wakes up in another world. The other world she wakes up in is actually in the future. Uh, she didn't get transported to another world. She died. Uh, it's just that part of the uh, part of the waiver that she signed was part of an ongoing military-industrial complex plot there it is. Wherein, there it is. wherein they were going to use the uploaded consciousnesses of child soldiers and load them into robot bodies uh, and use them as a deniable military uh, asset. The project sort of got uh, scrapped, however, so it's in the far, far future, so it might as well be another world now for how different everything looks. And, uh, and her designation in the robot body that she is in and that she is going to eventually get uh, fight for her independence on is the custom pink zero. <laughs> nice. So it's kind of Gantz, but not quite. Uh, it sounds, it honestly seems more straightforward than Gantz. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, so the high school students of Akimura High, the uh, the gaming club there, uh, you know, they're they're picked on, they're they're the outcasts of the school, but they have each other and they have a good time. One day they think the latest game system is arriving to their school, but it's actually a bunch of different hats, uh, each one <laughs> with their name on it, and as they put them on, they transform into uh, well, mecked out gun-toting badasses when just in time because there's an alien invasion it's a super sentai style show and it's called heroes plus hat <laughs> Jesus the the uh the code to uh, transform is milady Oh, oh no! no. Oh, oh. No. You had me. You had Negative me. Points. That's oh, the That's so negotiable. No. <laughs> oh. Just one of them. Okay. okay. So, and that's everyone. Yes. Oh. Uh, alternative so. heroes steal gun launcher A. We just cut out the middleman. Uh, cute guys in boxers, cute girls in lingerie, gun battles. The DLC is for more clothing. <laughs> the reward is closed. Overdrive. Oh, I'm sorry. Overdrive. Fight eyes. Uh, crazy Isuke guy works his way to the top. Super fighter. Nuts in game. Cowboy ass. Um, girl gamer gets revealed as being girl gamer. 
That's really good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Custom pink zero. It looks like an isekai, but that's but it's actually uh it's actually she's in the future fighting as a robot. Heroes plus hat super sentai now with hats. <laughs> okay. You can get the Alice in Wonderland connection going, I guess. Okay, type in your uh, your preferences. And we'll reveal on a three and a two and a one. Oh wow. I got it. Oh. Hey. That's three and three. Wow, even split. So what happens in the event of a tie? Is that when we go again or or am I Nah, I think it's whoever the uh oh, no, I'm two in the got, event of a tiebreaker. Who got three besides Aaron? Yeah, yeah. no. So I, I was thinking for a second that it counted as two always, but it's only in the event of a tiebreaker. Yep. Yeah. Yes, so, my mistake. Nope, Aaron wins. I played this game once. <laughs> after after <laughs> one round. After one round, Patrick has two. Everybody but me has one. And I... Oh, I voted for you before. I did wait for like five minutes to pop to the way. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, okay. Do we want to so. keep going for a second round, or do we think... Uh, yeah, what's the timestamp? Have we got a... Uh... We got a good game. Let's, um, y'all want to just do one more? Yeah, I could do another round. Can we can we break for uh, like five minutes as I pop to the light? Yep. Yes. Yeah. All right. So be back in. Sorry, one person viewing this. (laughs) Somebody's actually watching. Un viewer. Well, um, and also this is recorded. We'll be posting this probably to Kamehameha Party or to Tective. Um, yeah. I'm. I would like to post the. Yeah, I think we can do both. Yeah, we'll cross post. Um, so just as a reminder for people who are listening and for our present viewer, uh, Aaron is from Kame House Party. Um, Hello. <laughs> well, I'm very sorry for everything I've done thus far. <laughs> uh, it won't happen again, uh, but it will. So, okay, <laughs> uh, Kame House Party is where my myself and Vince White uh, were two improv comedy boys, and we are on a mission to watch every iteration and episode of Dragon Ball that has ever existed or will ever exist, and we do it in a comedic fashion where we throw a bunch of uh, bits and we do some improvised scenes based on what we talked about. Uh, it's mainly for jokes, but it's also uh, mainly for talking about Dragon Ball. Very cool. And you've already hit your, you've already gotten past 100 episodes. Yeah, we we certainly did. Only several hundred more to go. (laughs) You don't have to watch GT, but we do. But you do. But we got. But at least GT isn't going to happen for like another couple years. The, The the debate is whether we go chronologically by release or chronologically by canon. Mm. Uh, hmm. I think probably release is probably is yeah. gonna be the better way to go. Yeah. She'll see. Um do you want to explain technical difficulties, Greg? <laughs> sure thing. Uh I, uh Jen and George, occasionally Daniel, occasionally Patrick, are from Technical Difficulties. We are a role-playing game actual play podcast. Uh so that means we play uh tabletop role-playing games on podcast and you can listen to as we go through adventures. Uh we do a lot of stuff like um Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, uh Eclipse Phase. Slash Reflect. Slash Reflect. <laughs> for some reason. 
I guess. <laughs> it's her shtick. Uh, and then Patrick is away for the moment, but he is from the role-playing exchange, which also does a lot of uh, horror games and tabletop role-playing games. Uh, we also do a combined uh, game between the two podcasts called uh, 10K Likes from the role-playing game Red Markets. Yay, Red Markets. Yay, Red Markets. Any nominated game, Red Markets. Yeah. And as a reminder, uh, we're doing <laughs> we're doing this because we're fans of the game Channel A. It is currently on Kickstarter. It is uh, still got, I think, about 17 days left. And uh, want to get it, of this recording, yes. Want to get it funded. Want to get new versions of the game in print, so you guys can enjoy too. Uh, if you go, it is being published by Evil Hat. And if you go to their website, you can find the um, title card generator and the premise card generator, and you can try this for yourself. I'm back. Okay. I was gonna say I was gonna ask if I should plug my thing. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah always right. plug plug forever. Uh, this is Jen. I do the game and dice jewelry. Um, I have a website on Etsy at Ecky Rose. It's E C C E Rose. Uh, if you need anything cool or weird like that, you know, if you don't see something particular, let me know. I'm always willing to make cool new stuff. Mm-hmm. And we Thanks. did get uh, RPX in for you, Patrick. So. Oh, cool. Uh, who shall be our final producer then? Uh, should we do a free for all? Everyone gets the pitch. Sure, that makes the most sense. I found a okay, really yeah. good premise set of cards that I wanted to Ooh. use. Uh, <laughs> okay. Final round. Everyone is going to have a. Oh, so yeah. everyone plays oh. in. Okay. <laughs> all right. If we somehow get an even one, we can maybe do a second vote or something. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. But if you guys are okay, I have a I have an, a premise that I think would be a lot of fun. Sure. Go for it. All right. So we've had a lot of variants in a lot more of the epic style of stuff tonight. I want to bring it down a little. I think we need a new, sto- new story angle. We need something sweet and a little different. I mean, not really so different. We're going to go with some zombies, but I want boys love in here too. Okay. Okay. So, boys so, love and zombies. <laughs> but I already did that in the previous one. <laughs> well, there's no zombies in that one. So this is the the final one. Yes. Uh, yep. All right. We're all participating in this one. Uh, I need to rush for cards. <laughs> and we're still oh. using the the title card, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just making sure. Hmm. All right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it sounds oh. like you're ready, Daniel. <laughs> oh, oh. But hang on. I, oh. So what? All right. Uh, where do I put this? Okay. The okay. order of the cards is also very important. Yes. Always. Uh. Hmm. Ah, yeah. No. Uh, I've I've got mine. If you guys still. I just want to say that whatever whatever you pay, just assume everyone in mine has giant hands. (laughs) (laughs) Giant hands. Yeah. Have you not seen Yowie hands? (laughs) Oh. With hands like these. Oh. But this is boys' love, not necessarily Yowie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, uh, 
Um, well, I, I can start. Okay. Well, it's as uh, Night of the Living Dead says, when the uh, rings of hell are too full, the dead will come back to walk the earth. So that is precisely what has happened. Uh, but uh, there, the, the humans are fighting pretty well, but obviously there is still quite a bit of zombie uh, outbreaks and infestations. So there is a group of uh, men who go out and take care of the zombies whenever a new outbreak uh, comes out. So they work together. They see all of these horrible, nightmarish uh, zombie attacks. So they bond together in love. And that is how we've come up with the Bizarre Bubblegum Demon Task Force. <laughs> nice! <laughs> <laughs> because they need the gum in order to uh, in order to even smell because they go into charnel houses all the time it smells super gross <laughs> hey look if I if I learned anything from bubblegum crisis it's that you don't ever have to explain why bubblegum is in your title <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, here. Uh, I've got it I think I've got it mm-hmm so they're uh, so a voodoo priest. Uh, this is an anthology series. Uh, oh, a voodoo priest uh, is sought after uh, all over the world uh, in in matters of love. Uh, people come to him for love advice. Uh, they want him to do things to help them get the people they want. Uh, but these people are usually selfish or they have ulterior motives. The doctor sees uh. right after that. So we cur- so most of his solutions. Although they start out fine, usually end up in uh, zombieism, uh, sort of a uh, Tales from the Crypt kind of Ursula situation. Uh, the name of that doctor, Doctor Moon. <laughs> well, I mean, Baron Smeddy did have the crescent moon on his head, so it checks. It checks. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, does he better Doctor Cake? I don't. <laughs> I forget. Is there enough limit on the number of words we can put in? I don't care. No. Uh, the last okay. round. Do what you want. Okay, so ten. <laughs> this is going in more of a, a harem direction. Uh, so in in Monday Tokyo, uh, well near near future Tokyo, and there are occasional zombie outbreaks which happen for a, a wide number of reasons. You've got your magic zombies, you've got your radiation zombies, you've got your, you know, alien mind control zombies. And there are as many, you know, solutions and, and people fighting that as there are uh, natures of the problem. Uh, so our obligatory uh, transfer student protagonist uh, arrives at, a, at an elite high school uh, and he observes the, the all extremely handsome members of a... a uh, student council uh, vanishing, you know, they're never in the student council chambers, around about the same time that he is seeing these masked vigilantes doing battle with the forces of evil. And so he discovers you know, his his powers and he is drawn into the fight, uh, but there's, you know, uh, love interests of the week and it all gets very tangled uh, because this is uh, Nico Mask Fighter Club Complex Coin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they, they all wear cat masks, and complex kun is because it, it all gets very complex. <laughs> right. Oh, boy, mighty. 
Jeez. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Enjoy right. Um. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, mine is going to be set in a ongoing... Uh, mine is going to be a fantasy series wherein you have a typical uh a fairly typical setup of a uh of a demon king in this in this case a demon queen uh unleashing monsters and hordes of zombies and what have you against the general kingdoms of good you know the usual uh the usual bit uh there is a uh in this case the plucky team of adventurers that are uh that are opposing the Demon Queen. The focus isn't so much on them on this one. This is on the Demon Queen and her bunch uh, and her quirky mini boss squad that are having to report to her about constantly being uh, uh, constantly having uh, problems with this group of heroes. The Demon Queen showing an unusual level of uh, of proactiveness for someone in her position goes out to uh, check out the what the heroes are doing. Falls instantly head over heels in love with the main character. Well, the uh, the uh, main hero, uh, and the then everything sort of turns into uh, adventure-style romantic hijinks. The overall problem, however, though, is that yeah, you know, yeah, you know, her heart. The demon queen is not really catching on to the fact that the hero of legend is not into girls. So it just becomes a series of increasingly awkward, uh, funny gags where people are trying to let her know, and it just does not happen. And uh, the show is Demon Queen Delusion, and the title <laughs> says it all. <laughs> oh, man. Poor, poor Demon Queen. Oh, she'll be fine. Oh, of course. I mean, she is trying to destroy all humanity. She's the, she's the hag queen. She just doesn't realize that she's the fat hag queen. Oh. It's okay. I, by the way, internet, I, I'm gay. I can make that joke. It's, um, <laughs> don't comment. Please no. Please no. no. I don't want okay. to be a hashtag. Please. It's it's okay. I've got my card. My papers. My membership is in order. <laughs> I paid my fees. Uh, okay. Um. Next. I can go. Go ahead. So in in this high school drama. Uh, takes place in a world where there is uh, a, a second stage uh, to uh, to humanity. And when you die, you become a zombie. But that doesn't mean you become a bloodthirsty monster or what you drink. You just become slightly pale, very thin, and very quiet. So this one is called Honey Second Stage. <laughs> where it... <laughs> the... Protagonist is a young boy in high school who falls head over heels in love with this uh, very quiet, very uh, stern, very um, you know classic uh, stoic anime protagonist who's also a zombie. Um, so their love is difficult, but it eventually becomes a story about uh, finding unison despite one's differences. It's a lot more slice of life. Yes. What was that romantic zombie movie? Warm bodies. Yes. Don't talk about that. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Also, no one hunts you, so you're accepted part of Oh, accepted. That's good. And death. Uh, lucky played. last. Jen, what you got? All right. So I have this uh, very calm kind of story. It starts out with the main character is a young, very pretty boy with long white hair who um, picks up an appearance. People tend to call him Ghost, and he's always running everywhere he's going. He is a detective, despite how young he actually looks. He's actually somehow legally old enough to be a working detective in a world where you have ghosts and zombies and vampires and other various monsters. So he runs around, and he tries to help work and solve cases. So we have Ghost Detective Dash, who... (laughs) Who picks up all these little cases here and there, and there's always these like drop dead gorgeous women coming in to talk to him, and they're not very subtle, dropping hints. The audience picks up on it, but he is just completely oblivious because he is always pining after his sidekick, who is in this show, supposed to be a helper. He doesn't have a clear role, but he always manages to show up at the scenes and help him to solve the cases, and it's just him pining over him and wanting to get with him, wanting to be part of his life more. And it just is an evolving story of the two of them. But does he eat toast? I mean, there is one comical scene about halfway through where he goes to eat something and drops everything off the sandwich and just has the one half of the bread and he's running down the street. Yeah. I think toast is always in his mouth. We just never see him actually eating toast. Exactly. Is his catchphrase gotta solve fast? <laughs> it's gotta catch them all. All oh, those criminals. I mean, oh, come on. Yeah. It's anime. Copyright you can suck it. <laughs> uh, so, one more last time. Uh, Bizarre bubblegum demon task force. A group of soldiers have to deal with zombie outbreaks and find comfort in each other's arms. Uh, Doctor Moon, a very niche type of Twilight Zone, but with romance. <laughs> uh, Nico Mask Fighter Club Complex Kun, a fledgling superhero uh, fighting a, a zombie horde at his high school, uh, has to deal with love pentacles. I think at this point, maybe even octagons. Oh dear! Dodecahedron. Yeah, it's instead of monster of the week, it's Dadass of the week. It's it's a tesseract of of intrigue. It's polygon. <laughs> polygon. But when you work uh, in like the secret identity stuff, it gets even even weirder. Like I'm dating, I'm dating like Red Lion, but I'm not dating Tanaka, and I'm pretty sure they're the same guy. But mm. parabola of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Demon Queen delusion. The Demon Queen is smitten, does not realize that uh, it's not going to work out. Honey, second stage. Boy meets zombie. <laughs> Ghost there Detective Dash. Like <clears throat> Sorry. Ghost Detective Dash. Um, young detective boy running around everywhere, classic over the top, but all the tropes are played toward the boy instead of the classic girls. Okay. Seven them names. And a three, a two, a one. Jen and George. Uh, oh, it's a tie. Ooh. And no producer. No, there's no producer. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think that means we have a second round of voting. Everyone has to vote either Jen or George. And Jen or George, sit down. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, okay. Considering right. we literally voted for each other. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Jen or George for the rest of the four of us. And mm-hmm. then a three, two, one. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't. Right. Let's just give you. Let's just right. give them a half point. Let's give it to each other. We're all winners here. Yeah. Hey. I think the winner was you, the audience. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this was a lot of fun. We always oh, yeah. uh, have a lot of fun with Chinle. Yeah. Definitely so, hope it does get uh, backed and created again. Oh, oh yeah, it will. It will. The great game. Look. I treasure it, and I hope that we are able to get another copy made because I need more cards. <laughs> look, here's here's what you can do. You can back. It. Look, you don't want the game. I, I understand. Just back it, and then send me your copy. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm already gonna have a copy, but I'll have several more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you search Channel A Alpha Genesis Edition on Kickstarter, you'll find it. It is made by Evil Hat. So you can also search Evil Hat for uh, the products they've made. Uh, if you search Evil Hat's website, it's got the card generators that we use to play. And there's also a print and play with some of the cards on uh, the Kickstarter itself. Uh, will we yes. put, be putting links on the site when we post this? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Check okay. that episode description like no one ever does. <laughs> but it's there. It's right there, guys. This is fun. Maybe we might be able to do one more before the Kickstarter ends, but uh, see how it goes. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, at, we'll do the classic uh, technical difficulty saying of. Uh, well, I mean, it's Kame House Party. We can do keep fun. Right. Okay. We started with Tech Diff, we'll end with Kame House Party. Okay. So, so remember, no matter whether you're backing, whether you're backing a delightful Kickstarter for some great gaming content, or you're just listening to podcasts, or whatever you're doing in your life, always remember to keep fighting. fighting. <laughs>